One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. For lunch today, I had these new katsu nugget things from that McDonald's there place. Not gonna lie, I had 20. It says share on the box. Go fuck yourself. Sweet curry sauce. Lovely. It's a staple of mine, actually. People often find that a controversial choice. Anyway, that's by the by. And I'll tell you what, for a split second, I thought I was back in Japan. That's where my life is. Episode 22. Tone after the tone after the tone Leave your message Lovely, lovely, insert your claps here. Many thanks. Hello, welcome to After the Tone. Seemingly your favourite way to sit out an apocalypse. Thank you very much. Yay! Hello to me, as ever. I'm still called Scotty. Hello to my trusted friend. Trusted. <laughs> She's London Irish. I wouldn't trust her as far as you could throw her. Producer Debbie, full title. And hello to all the people that are listening in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Canada, Australia, the Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, Spain, the United States of the America Visions, Turkey, India, Belgium, Switzerland, Israel, Italy, Denmark, Argentina, Mexico, Brazil and Austria. Look at you all sat there listening to this. Global super family. I'm like Beyonce. That was quite fun that, wasn't it? Do you know what I quite like? I like the idea that people in Turkey and India... I just sat there thinking, do they just talk about poo shagging and dead pets all the time in their country? <laughs> yes, we do. It's part of the culture here. That and stealing things for museums. Wherever you're calling from, I hope that you're sitting comfortably because for the next 40 minutes or so, you're going to hear a bunch of voice notes from people from across the world, just like you. I don't know what's about to happen and neither do you. So, you know, one way or another, we will get through it little note for the notice board i spent three days doing a funding application this week (laughs) oh that was fun and i just pressed sent on it this morning so debbie i think i'll have the congratulations for this week please insert here congratulations Thank you. But if there's something you feel that you need a pat on the back for, you know what to do. Open up the WhatsApp, send us a voice note to the number that we'll play at the end of the show. Uh, So without further ado, um, let's see what you lot have been up to this week. Hi, Scotty. It's Mr. Condensed Milk Voice here. I was just listening to episode 20 of After the Tone and frankly, I was shocked and appalled by your lack of love for cheese and onion crisps. As an Irisher, you must love cheese and onion. Everybody loves cheese and onion, but I do have to 
you know, point out that it must obviously be Tato Tato as opposed to, God forgive us, Walkers. To paraphrase Blind Boy Boat Club, Walkers are the Protestant colonizer crisp as opposed to the native Gaelic Irish Tato cheese and onion. Now, I think you might get a pass on this purely because I would imagine Tato are quite hard to find in the UK. So I guess we'll just have to forgive you for that. I then was listening further on to the episode and about your food you like when you're mentals. And I would just like to introduce everybody to a tato sandwich, but made with toast. Toast with butter on it. So the butter melts into the toast. So like it's not like thick on it, but there's just enough butter on the toast. And then you put the cheese and onion tato in and knock your fucking self out. Has to be drank with a cup of tea because it is quite dry but telling you best comfort food whenever i see anybody like fucking nigella or whatever on the tv and she's all like here's some fucking handmade shaggy ravioli and i just put in half a bottle of wine and i love this oozy orange juice or whatever fucking shit she's talking about and it's all comfort food i'm like fuck off nigella and just eat some toasty crisp sandwich do you know what I mean? Anyway, I am still loving the podcast. It's really good. Thanks for doing it. And hello to everybody. And just keep fucking going through this absolute shit show of January. Bye. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> okay. Okay, there is going to be so much there that the English is just going to be like, what the fuck did you want to say? <laughs> Good. Okay, I'm crying. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a couple of points that I want to pick up on condensed milk voice. Lovely to have you back in the room. There you go. There's another wee gold star there for you. Now, cheese and onion crisps. Now, it wasn't that I don't like the cheese and onion crisps. It's... Okay, full confession, my ex who listens this, it's completely adopted from him. And he is a Dubliner, so, you know, make of that what you want. He's so, like, anti-cheese and onion crisps that I didn't eat them for, like, a year and a half. (laughs) And now when I smell them, I'm just like, they're just so fucking strong. I'm not saying I don't like them. It's like the smell that it leaves on your hands afterwards. It's reminiscent of the walk of shame when you get back and you're like, I can smell somebody else on my hand. (laughs) I can't believe I actually just said that. I did. Anyway, now let's pick up your point there about Taylor Chris. Well, no, this is something that actually with ZX, I was having this conversation on the weekend. I have a direct message on Instagram, of course, because, you know, don't want them to get too close. (laughs) Now, we were talking about the Irish shop here in Manchester and basically how, (laughs) like, you can't get a fucking bag of potatoes. You can't even get a box of Barry's tea. They've been given like a million pounds from the Irish government. But I tell you what you can get there, a fucking Kimberly biscuit. Anyway, so I took umbrage with this. They do do tato crisps, I found. But they are the Northern Irish Tato Crisps. Now, (laughs) I liked your comments there about walkers. But what is the Northern Irish Tato Crisps? Now, you might not know this, but in the South, there are a different brand of Tato Crisps than you get in the North. The North, there's like a different thing. It's like got different E numbers or something. 
so it doesn't taste the same. So I'd like to know, in that analogy, this is a very local conversation, which I'm really all about, to be fair, but in the analogy of (laughs) prods and the rest, where does the Northern Irish edition of a Tato crisp stand? Or where doesn't it? I think these are the real things that the Good Friday agreement. <laughs> now, I'm quite partial to a sweaty sandwich, which you just described there. And yes, it can be very dry unless you have a cup of tea or a glass of orange lemonade. I also am quite a big fan of a crisp omelette. Now, some people who have got notions will probably call this a crisp frittata. But this is a gift to the room. Next time you're making an omelette, get a packet of crisps, maybe two if you want to be nice to yourself. Shove them into the egg mix, yeah? Cook it. It's a shorthand frittata. Now, that's the shit that Nigella won't fucking tell you, but that's why you dickheads are here. Hi, Scotty. Amy here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to call in and say loving all the food chat at the moment. And also pose a question to the room. Was listening to the podcast when you were talking about the man on the app and his favourite biscuit. And I was waiting with bated breath to hear the words gold bar, divine. But also about cups of tea and toast. So I dip my toast in my tea, which people seem to get very offended by. And I just wanted to see if anyone else done that. The only person I've ever met who does it is my mum. And also, biscuits. If I was to eat a gold bar, I'd have a cup of tea and I'd suck the tea through the gold bar until the biscuit melted in the middle, which some people also think is a bit strange. But I do it with a penguin and a Twix. Basically, yeah, that was my question. Also, shout out to Colin walking down the Clyde. I'm also currently walking down the Clyde in Glasgow. Big love to Glasgow. And also, last week's caller who lost a cat in lockdown. I also lost a cat in lockdown, which was very upsetting. But my female cat is also loving being a single cat now and lording it over us. Must just be something about lady cats. Anyway, lots of love. Love the podcast. Hope you're well. Bye. Lovely Amy there. Long time listener. First time caller. Uno badge goes to you. Hello, Amy. Welcome. Now, yes, tea and toast, particularly in my nan's house, is a culinary delight that goes with each other. And, you know, the crusts are there to be dipped. So I fully endorse this behaviour. Actually, you know, if you've got a toasted sandwich and, you know, you get to the bit where you're like, there isn't much going on here. A wee dip in your cup of tea is not going to kill anyone, is it? So you're all grand here. So a gold bar, yes. Although you said eating one gold bar, it's never going to happen, is it? Because you just have to have the six. And um, if you live in that there, England, and you're near a co-op, they're on half price offer at the moment. You're welcome. Now, I think the, the sucking of a biscuit, things you never thought you'd say, is actually part of Australian culture. Yes, it's called slamming. Mmm. I think it originates from the Tim Tam, which is like a foreign version of a penguin biscuit, a chocolate biscuit, essentially, where you bite each corner and use it as a straw. And then it migrated to the penguin. And, you know, look at us just bastardising any culture that we can get hold of, Amy. And now you're doing it with a gold bar. So well done, you. I've got a confession. Last week, we had that lovely call from Colin, as you said, walking down the Clyde. Now, Colin and I spoke on Twitter shortly after Colin actually was so Scottish that neither you or I picked up the fact that Colin actually said, I'm Colin. (laughs) 
As in, I am calling. <laughs> Not, hello, I'm Colin. <laughs> so, any Scots listeners out there, very sorry that my ear didn't pick up the Carlin, but you know, needs must. And I think my ears are going funny because when you said, Oh, I lost a carrot during lockdown, I thought, Have I missed the whole chapter? And then I heard you talk about last week's call and I thought you must have said cat, but definitely thought you'd lost a carrot. And I thought, You don't ask on this podcast because actually, if someone lost a carrot, I wouldn't be surprised that they called up. Hiya Scotty, hiya producer Debs, hiya to the full backstage crew and after the tone listeners. It's Laura from last week and I am back for some biscuit chat. Now I must confess that there isn't a biscuit that I actively dislike, not that I know of, but at the moment I'm into chocolate and I'm into ginger and I think if I was given the choice of like a whole aisle of biscuits I think I really fancy a Fox's ginger cream crunch where it's you know the two little ginger nuts with the creamy stuff in the middle I think they're really nice but if you're having a club bar I think I'm probably have to go with a Tunnock's caramel wafer so good and actually A biscuit that really got me through the first lockdown was a custard cream. I think because I just knew they would always be in the shop whenever I went. So, you know, in our shitty little Tesco down the road, they were just guaranteed to be there. So that came our like default biscuit. So, yeah, interested to know what other people sort of go to lockdown reliable food is because custard creams are definitely that for me oh and I'm also happy to hear I've got a fellow strong tea drinker I'm not Irish in any way that I know of but the three times I've been to Ireland the tea has been phenomenal like their level of tea is just they get me they get me tea wise it's just amazing anyway I hope everyone's having a lovely week Wishing everyone all the best. Thanks for keeping me company. And yeah, bye-bye. Lovely Laura from last week, which is now your new name. So well done. <laughs> I like it that like people stumble upon their names. So we've got the IBS one, the baby gay, the carer, of course. That their JRF. God forbid we should leave her out, bless her. And Laura from last week. So, you know, we're all being anointed in the room, giving you saints names. Now, when you said, I think there's not a biscuit that you wouldn't like, I thought, well, do you know what? We could put this to the test. Because I'll tell you what, a Gary Baldy, oh, God, it's just never the right texture. It's like a biscuit that's been left out to go stale a bit. Do you know what I mean? It's got that squishy texture, which I often find about a fig roll. I should have put a trigger warning there because I know vegans especially, I think, are very partial and very protective over a fig roll. Custard cream, I do find like a beige boring version of a bourbon. I just don't know why you wouldn't choose a bourbon because I think they're equally as readily available and shit in quality. Do you remember when you were a kid, bourbon used to have like dusted sugar on the outside? You don't see that anymore, do you? Political correctness gone mad, I think you'll call it. Atomic's caramel wafer. Mm. Yeah. It's just not a very substantial biscuit, though, is it? Do you know what I mean? Hi, it's just Laura again. Just to say, I've also been watching Married at First Sight Australia, and Inners definitely has the milkiest dishwater tea going. Ugh. Anyway, bye. 
oh my god, I am so obsessed with this television program, it's literally the only thing that I can think about. So, I know there has been, particularly in the UK, and some of my pals in Dublin, I've been really focused on a different television program this week, but my attention really is on Married at First Sight Australia. If you haven't watched it, jump straight in at season six and join in with an absolute hatred of Innes with me. And you know what? You could just tell she was a dishwater tea drinker. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, I know there's something I can't trust about you because of the way that you drink your tea. Hiya, Scotty. Love, it's that JRF here. Hello, how are you? Hiya, producer Debbie. Hiya, the carer. Hiya, Jamie from Edinburgh got jingled. And hello to the rest of the ATT crew. Hiya. Now, first thing I just want to say, Harry and Liam. You know Harry and Liam? Liam and Harry! Harry and Liam! Oh, you've known them for years. Come on. You know Harry and Liam. Liam and Harry! Harry and Liam. Liam and Harry. You've known them for ages. I don't know why you're making this sort of fuss about these people that you supposedly don't know. Honestly, Scotty. Anyway, I just wanted to ring up and say I haven't just exclusively showered with my pet rat. Klaus, when he was a little kitten, he's just sitting here on my right. Yes, yes. He used to um, sit at the bottom of the shower as I showered. He wanted to climb up me, but he would just sit at the bottom getting wet. But he's, as he's grown, he, he doesn't enjoy being a wet pussy, such is life. And he prefers to sit on the toilet and just watch me as I bathe. Now, I know it's, some people could perceive that as being creepy. I like to think that I'm being haunted by a abusive and adorable ghost. But anyway, love and light. God bless, sweetheart. Lots of love to you and to all of your listeners. All right. Big kiss from that JRF. Bye. Listen, she's gaslighting me, isn't she? I just want to get to the bottom of who they are. I mean, I sort of, I don't care, but I really fucking care who Harry and Liam are. Because part of me is like, I must know who they are. <laughs> they must have been referenced at some point. You know what? Someone's going to have to go back and do a little bit of research for me and work out when the first time they get referenced. Because she's not going to fucking tell us. Together, we can work this it's a mystery out, okay? Showering with pets. I want to address this because people are sort of saying this as if it's a normal thing. And when I say people, I mean that JRF. Just talking about having a shower with an animal is a completely normalised thing. <laughs> and I'm the weirdo for being like, sorry, showering with your pet. I had recently quite a conversation with somebody where I was like, do you have sex in front of your dog? <laughs> because I just think it's very... <laughs> I just think it's really interesting. Are you not shy about getting your bits out in front of your animal and your animal being like, good evening? <laughs> anyway, something which I should let all the callers know is that sound that JRF makes at the end of the podcast. They actually make that with their bumhole. Scotty, Kara here. 
hope everyone's doing well as they can. It's been another week from, I didn't say fucking hell, but hell is the land of tranquil light at the moment. I'm loving the pet vibe going down at the moment. I'm actually, for the first time, I think, sending a message walking with my beautiful little rescue rat-killing Jack Russell called Jesse. We wander around St. James's Park at night and shake the bins and the rats come running out. And that lovely lady that sent the ratty lady that sent the rat story last week. I would love rats and ferrets and things like that because I think they're fucking amazing. Um, but my dog would kill them. And I used to live with a guy who had a pair of pet rats. And they were called Kevin and Tracy. And Kevin and Tracy was all over the house. They would sit there and watch you do shit. I mean, they were amazing. They would literally come up to you, sit and watch what you were doing. So I remember they used to sit and watch us play cards. And they used to love getting in the bath with Tony. They'd jump in the bath with him and swim around. And I remember it was Tracy used to really like this little tugboat and she'd get in the tugboat like a toy bath and be in the boat in the bath. Cutest fucking thing ever. I was going to have a massive rant about it's a sin because I've just finished it all, but I feel too traumatised to go into it at the moment. Um, it woke a lot of sleeping demons in me. Shame, shame, shame. I mean, my personal opinion is I thought it was a piece of fucking genius. I loved every minute of it. Cried in nearly every episode. But, um, yeah, spoke to some of the other stately homos about it as well, and we were all like, yeah, girl, I might have to go back into therapy with some of that. thought we dealt with some of that shit, and it come raging right up in front of my face. But it's amazing to be seen on telly and told the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah! Stay strong, stay true, and most importantly, stay pet-loving you. Lovely there to have the regular daddy of the podcast I'm going to go with. That's <laughs> the carer. Now, Jessie sounds like a right old who, doesn't she? Chasing around the rats. Now, there's these moments in AETT history where I often feel very detached from you all because it's like I suddenly realised you are actually all completely fucking mental. What do you mean having a bath with a rat? Have I lost the fucking plot that you're all like, oh, I fucking love getting in a bath and having a snog with my baby ferret? (laughs) I just don't get it. Also... Kevin and Tracy. (laughs) Working class rats. (laughs) Don't get it. Am I the weird one here? You know, feel free to call up and be like, do you know what, Scotty? Actually, pet rights. And let me know if I'm the one that's like barking up the wrong tree. (laughs) To use a little pun there. Yes, it's a sin. I have been avoiding it. And I have put it's a sin as my muted words on Twitter because... I just haven't got the space for queer trauma at the minute. And all my friends are just, like, completely fucking traumatised from it. And um, I'm sat there watching Married at First Sight. So I hope you've been kind to yourself after it. I'm glad it exists in the world. I'm glad it feels productive. But at the moment, I just... Do you know what? Sometimes self-care is just knowing it's not the right time for you. Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, producer Deb. Hello, ATT crew. So it's the uh, fat, lonely, queer... Uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess queerdo is who I am, who called and I asked for a badge and you said I was more likely to get a badge if my BMI was over 36. And I can confirm I'm the sort of person who uh, goes for the doctors with a lump in the old breasticle and uh, the general practitioner asks 
if I've considered going on Weight Watchers. So, uh, yes, <laughs> if that should confirm my uh, fatness to you. I just wanted to sort of say, when you were talking about kinks and uh, animal play and what might you like to do, and I'm not a prude, but I'm not very uh, adventurous. I'm a little bit scared of those sorts of things. And so I think I might like to do panda play, which probably involves snacking and sort of being furry and cuddly, but not doing a lot of actual activity. I think I might quite like that. <laughs> All right, bye. Oh, I should just confirm. I've just listened to that back. The old lump in the old breasticle. It was fine. I think it's just a fat lump. <laughs> so yeah, health-wise, you know, fine as can be. Still fat, but yeah, nothing to worry about. All right, bye. Oh, lovely. Hello, fat, lonely, queerdo. Thank you for calling again. Um, here's your badge. <laughs> Shove that on. Thank you. Yeah. Now I'll tell you what. Some GPs love nothing more than telling you. You know, you go in, you'd be like, actually, true life story. I went in with some eczema on my hands, and I went. It's genetic. My mum's got it in the same place. I think I need this cream. I've used it from my mum before. It's fine. And and they went, well, before we prescribe that, have you thought about losing weight? <laughs> so I said, I don't know what this has got to do with me eczema, but um, why? She said, well, I've just lost my tummy mummy. And I thought, do you know what? I'm not pregnant. <laughs> anyway, by the by, I hear you. I see you. You and your fat lumps, all of them. Now, you said you might want to do some panda play. I'm very sorry to tell you, this is all a subgenre of gay male bear culture that already exists. Pandas are often referred to by fatter members of the community, part of the bear community, who are from the continent of Asia. There you go. Um, although when you describe them as fat, cuddly and not doing very much activity, I mean, that's literally the politic of the bear community. <laughs> Oh, God, the bears. The reason why I think I have got a bit of beef with the bears is because largely a lot of bear cultures, gender exclusionary, it does have gender inclusionary door policies, and it's very dated. Like, it, but it adopted this kind of pseudo-masculine bullshit, essentially, that you often get from gay male spaces. So, anyway, that's by the by, you didn't even ask. So we might have to choose another... What about koala culture? Just putting it out there. Although, they are riddled with chlamydia, aren't they? That's a little unknown fact. I don't think that people know. that um, actually, you can get chlamydia <laughs> from handling a panda. Well, there you go. I'm sure that's fact. We've, I mean, someone will have to look it up. I'm sure that's fact. You know when you think in your brain, no, that is law, and then you sort of say it aloud and you go, I mean, you know, if someone calls up and says I'm wrong, I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong. But for now, don't fucking get too close to a panda. Well, actually, you can. Do you know what I mean? You can just go down to the um, walking clinic and get some bits and bobs for it, really. So, I mean, you know, I don't want to sex shame in this space. Anyway, this was a really weird tangent for someone calling up to say <laughs> they would like to be a panda. But, you know, that's the beauty of this podcast. Hello, Scotty. Cower again here. I just got him on my little magic doggy and it yes, he ran across the floor and she got killed a miski in the house as the mouse and then obviously and i forgot about my other legendary pet 
I've got a pet turtle called Jock, Jock the Mock Turtle, and I often feed him Jesse's mice it catches. You just bung them in there because they're all But yeah, true story. My niece found Jock walking through her council estate about seven years ago now because it was literally to the month a year after my dad had passed away. And yeah, my dad was well into animals and all. And I don't know if I said before, it could be the reincarnation of Papa was a turtle. So we called him Jock. I've adopted two other turtles. They're mud turtles. Jock's a red slider. They live out in my garden. I built them a massive garden pond. Um, there's a heater in there, so I don't have to worry about them. Know what I'm doing. But yeah, they love mice. What, Jesse kill? Do you know what I mean? The circle of life, complete. Oh, she's rambling now. She's come home and it was all exciting. Nature. Nature. Yeah, stay strong, stay true. Make sure you sit down and have a really relaxing poo. She's like fucking Dr. Doolittle, that one. Fucking circle of life. She's got off the cast of every Disney film that's ever been fucking made. A turtle. Not just one, three of them. You couldn't make it up, really, could you? Hi Scotty, hi producer Deb, it's Felicity. I didn't say my name last time because Felicity is one of your posh girl names and I was a bit embarrassed about that. But I mean, I can't really help it. I don't really like it very much, but I um, can't think of a better one at the moment and people are used to it. And anyway, I've got a Yorkshire dad and I grew up in Scotland, so hopefully that kind of evens it all out a little bit. I am calling to answer your question about whether or not any straight people listen to your podcast i am technically straight so far in my life anyway which i know brings lots of privilege in our horrendous heteronormative society but the most unfortunate thing about being straight is that you have to deal with straight guys so um putting the word out if there are any men who are attracted to women on your podcast or who listen to your podcast I think that might be a good indicator of whether or not they're all right. So if you feel like doing your matchmaking service again, let me know. <laughs> Thanks. Love you. Bye. Oh, hello, lovely Felicity. Now, look at this. It's an oddity, isn't it? We've got someone with a posh name who identifies as a straight person. I mean, talk about diversity. We're really reaching out this week, aren't we, Hunt? <laughs> now, Felicity, don't be worried that that's, that's your name because, you know, somebody else gave you that name. So, you know, it's not your fault. <laughs> I understand the hesitance because, you know, I can go in quite heavy on the poshos. But you know what? As you said, you know, part of you is from over Hadrian's Wall. And as we all know, there are no posh people in Scotland because no one's got any teeth. <laughs> Now, you haven't really given us much information to go on, Felicity, you know, to hook you up with someone who identifies as a straight man. But it sort of sounded like you might be up for anybody. I mean, I, mean, I don't mean you're up for anybody. But you said, you know, I'm a straight person, you know, at the moment. So I thought, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. So maybe we'll just put it out to the room. Uh. Oh, God, that cat suit is still coming back at me. You know, there might be just someone here, but I think what we need is a bit more detail, Felicity. We just we need to know what your likes, what your ambitions. If we're going to take it to the level that uh, Married at First Sight, I've said it three times wrong. If we're going to take it to that level, I need to get on a little lab coat and pretend to be a pseudoscientist and be like, and so what colour here do you want your partner to have? <laughs> 
<laughs> and if you've watched it, it's a really good impression. So call us back. Let us know a few nitbit informations about you. And, you know, we'll put it out for the room. Maybe we'll get you a little virtual date there, Felicity. Stay tuned, everyone. Little halfway moment. We'll have a little bit of a breather after that. Getting through them today. As ever, halfway moment, I do like to pop over to the world of the internet and see what's happening, related to us, of course. And we have got a lovely little review here from a lovely person called Mikey that says, the LGBTQIA plus icon. That is Scotty. Thank you very much. Thank you. But you won't find me on fucking Attitude Pink List 400, will you? No. <laughs> But, you know, I'll take it in an Apple review. <laughs> From his modest roots through to this great podcast. An absolute delight to listen to and a must for any podcast aficionado. Big word there. Light-hearted and friendly with notes of sarcasm and dark humour that we've come to love. So, yes, we would welcome any more of those reviews, particularly ones that mention how fantastic I am. <laughs> Remember, you can talk to us on any of the social medias or uh, leave us a little review, a share or a like. Uh, use hashtag AfterTheTonePOD. And a little shout-out reminder for the backstage crew. Over on Patreon, we have sort of backstage chats where we elaborate on some calls, we talk to each other. Sometimes people just go off and um, have little chats with each other. It's like digital cruising over there. So patreon.com forward slash after the tone if you fancy joining in over there, helping us keep on air as well. All right, let's get back to it, Hans. Hi, Scotty. This is Ryan, Gemma's husband, the rough one, who's a regular on your show now. I thought I'd just let you know that I eat the egg whites. There's no food waste in this house. I want to have it. I thought I'd call up to tell you a story that she tells me about knowing you and all the fun times that you've had together. I think it was your 30th birthday and it was at the, um, I think it was a community hall where your family lived in Camden and um, she was having a conversation with your nan but your nan was uh, talking back really close in Gemma's ear and she was spitting chewed up peanuts into her ear and hair. (laughs) But yeah, Love the show. Gemma's always going on about it, and I listen in when I can. Can't wait to meet you, and uh, I'll take you to Oi Polloi in Manchester, which is the best menswear shop in the world, because I don't wear boot cuts. See you later on. Bye. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'll tell you what, I love a bit of a common bloke. <laughs> Ah, ah. No ears and gracious, I'm just here to tell you some fucking information from Gemma, my bird. I'm not fucking gay, and here it is. I'm not having any food waste in my ass. <laughs> we love Ryan. Ryan's been around for a very long time, bless her. And um, has had to put up with Gemma. As we know, Gemma is a regular feature here and is the queen of our hearts. She is like Princess Di of the podcast, only Gemma's alive. <laughs> Now, last week, as you know, I said that Gemma was really rough. I think we've sort of demonstrated how rough I sort of am as well with my nan spitting chewed up peanuts. Imagine if Jem was allergic to it. Could you imagine? She'd be having an anaphylactic shock whilst my nan was going, Hello! Well, I'm glad to know that the eggs don't get wasted. Do you know what I mean? I think what I love about Ryan's message there is that we've covered all bases. Very succinct. Told us everything that we needed to know. Yes, Oi Polloi is a lovely menswear place, isn't it? Yes, I have popped in. But I tell you what, it's so fucking expensive. <laughs> I'm glad to know that you don't wear bootcut jeans, dear. <laughs> oh, God. 
Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. I am so sorry I didn't say hi to you before, Deb. Um, shame on me. It's Enza, <gasps> my nickname, reporting from Los Angeles. So, Scotty, I was just catching up on the episodes and there was a episode where you were talking about your asexual friends and how they interpret their relationships without physicality. Now, while I'm not talking about asexuality, I'm more talking about the idea you were mentioning about just um, different kinds of relationships. Listeners know I am of the non-monogamous nature, but I am also of the relationship anarchist nature in the way that I truly have like no hierarchy amongst my relationships, whether it's familial, friends, my partner, potential partners that I have. And by like deciding to like live by that code, I have so much more intentional and mutual and loving relationships. And I really think that folks need to be giving so much more consideration to intentionality in their relationships because I think we're all pent up, we're all so anxious. But when you have like a mutual and loving connection with somebody, you can, you know, unload some of your burden. You have like a soft place to land. And that doesn't have to just be your partner. Like it should be your friend. It could be your mom. It could be a person that you had a really great conversation with and just always keep in touch with. I just been like really thinking about this and especially connecting this to people like us who have different marginalized experiences of the world and how we have to handle like so much heartache all the time. And it's like we find each other and we see so much more of ourselves. And it's like we just need to teach ourselves to do that more and more. You know, my message from the beginning of the year about feeling a little slinkier in life, you know, part of that for me, I think, has just been to let a little more love in and, you know, out of myself, too. So anyways, I'll uh, call soon. All right. Bye. Good evening, L.A. Enza, Providenza. Thank you very much. It's always lovely to have a phone call and a little chat with you. Now, I often tell people I'm a poly person because it is easier shorthand, but I think I relate way more to relationship anarchy or what maybe you and I called RA. So relationship anarchy for those people who are like, (laughs) sorry, full stop, question mark. What? Essentially like what Providenza was saying or Enza was saying is that there is no hierarchy between the relationships that you have. But really important thing for me is that anybody that comes into your life could potentially develop into a strong relationship, a friendship, friends with benefits, a non-sexual relationship. Like you don't go to a date thinking this person is going to be my lover. You meet people and you allow potential. But what I really enjoy about RA is it's anti-capitalist because a lot of polyamory or non-monogamy can be very capitalist in its intentions. So it will create tiers within lovers. So you have primary partners or secondary partners. And this, I think, builds this sense of competition, not only between lovers and partners or metamors. It's always hard to explain what a metamor is. So my partner and my other partner, they are metamors. 
it creates that competition, but also it creates this ranking of like what is good and what is less good. So I, I really like that sense of divorcing those systems because I don't have a version of secondary love and with a primary partner have a version of primary love. Like if I love, I love. And if I don't love, I don't love. And so, yeah, relationship anarchy, look it up. It's a fantastic moral code and like all things it can be slightly clumsy but you know take from it what you will so and so i'm really glad that actually we're leaving on that note because perhaps this is uh, something that we can open out a bit more to the room how do you find to find your relationships are you very strictly monogamous are you monogamish now monogamish is like well you're sort of monogamous but you and your partner have a sort of deal but nobody else knows are you socially monogamous so like all your friends believe you to be monogamous but actually you know you and your partner go to swinging partners are you swinger are you a relationship anarchist i would really love to know more about the sort of relationships you have or you don't perhaps you are somebody who identifies as celibate or as asexual or even as demisexual the number to call if you would like to join in that conversation you know what you gotta do open up the whatsapp send us a voice note jamie tell us what number to call please darling oh seven double Eight, two hundred, three, four, two, zero, and support us on the Patreon, and get backstage access to more knobheads like you. And that's it for this week. Well, we've really got around the houses, haven't we? Just want to put a little trigger warning out there. Producer Debbie and me are going to be taking an illegal holiday very soon. Sorry, I mean some essential travel. We're going to go to Cork because I'm having some work done. I'm going to have my cheeks filled. Uh, And Debbie is going to come and watch because she's a bit like that. So after episode 25, we'll be taking a short hiatus. Don't worry, it's only going to be two weeks. But, you know, I just need to let the swelling go down before I'm able to talk again. So, uh, yeah, just throwing forward that there will be a little hiatus. But then we'll be back with season three. So that'll be really exciting. But, you know, it's a few weeks off yet. But, you know, you've got your advance notice. So that's it. I'm going to go back to watching uh, series four of Kimmy Schmidt again because what else is there to do but remember do drop us a little line it's always lovely to hear from you especially if you're a long-time listener and first-time caller we love to have you in the room hashtag after the tone pod if you want to get in touch with us and remember we are on the patreon you can support us over there on patreon.com forward slash after the tone it's been lovely it's been wonderful it's been a pleasure but it's also been a chore so for now for me goodbye After the tone, after the tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston, and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.